Okay, so there was a king, we'll start with this, that very much enjoyed music, and he put together a group of musicians, and he asked them every single day they should play him some very comforting, very relaxing and tranquil music. And that's what they did, they loved their king and they would do anything for him, and every single day that's what they did. They played music in his presence from morning till night, and he was very, very excited about it. Years went by, and these musicians eventually passed away, and their sons took their places. Uh, but they, the sons, hadn't actually mastered the uh, musician techniques that their father had, and they didn't keep the uh, instrument tuned as much as their fathers did. And eventually, it was just became a chore. It became something that they had to do. So they did it, but it wasn't out of enthusiasm. It wasn't out of love for the king either. It was because, I don't know, my father did this, so I guess I'm going to do the same thing. And they didn't have that gishmak. And eventually the king became very upset, became very like, okay, I see this man, this is monotonous, this is not working, this is not happening. And he gave them a little bit of a, a push until eventually they said, you know what, we're going to renew our love for the king. We're going to renew our love for music and started to get their musicians and uh, instruments in tune until eventually they started to play back with enthusiasm as well. It's very, very much the same thing with davening. When it comes to davening, many people, and I've heard this over the years, do not enjoy tefillah. They don't enjoy coming to davening. They don't enjoy their time in shul. They don't enjoy their time in, you know, with the siddah. Young and old people just don't enjoy it. Right? And it becomes, you know, something that they have to do. Yeah, we know we didn't, and we go to Shachos, and we go to Mincha, and we go to Mara, because that's what we have to do. But they don't really enjoy it. And I've been asked many times, for example, by many parents often, you know, why is it that my son doesn't enjoy davening? Why is it that he hates davening, doesn't enjoy going to davening, even when he goes in davening, he runs out as quick as he can try to run out without anyone noticing him? What's pshat? Now, there's many, many answers, but the simple answer that I give them is like this. Imagine if I would give you a Chinese book and say, do me a favor, could you read this Chinese book, please, three times a day? First time, read it for about 45 minutes, second time for 15 minutes, and the third time for another 15 minutes. The first few times, maybe you'll try to make ideas of what's going on, but eventually you just become bored. So I answer that, that's what's going on. It's not the pshat that your child doesn't enjoy davening. They were never given the opportunity to understand davening and to live davening, and therefore, of course, they don't enjoy it. Okay, tefillah is what's meant to be a connection between us and the Rabbi Nishalaylam. But unfortunately, many of us, and I, and I say us, I mean young people, old people, people that have been davening for years, even people that have just started to davening, we lose that connection. We look at it like a chore. It doesn't become an opportunity, and tefillah really should be an opportunity to grow and to connect with the Rabbi Shalom over there. Now, we're not here to solve all the problems, and I'm not saying I have the answers for any of these issues and these problems, but I do believe very much, and a few years ago, after davening, every day, I gave a very short two to three minute little share right after davening on Shemana Esra. And Baruch Hashem, it improved mine for sure. And I think it helped also those people that were listening as well. And what I would like to do is I'd like to start, Be'ez Hashem, to go through tefillah. Start from the beginning and go through the tefillahs that we're all familiar with, not just to give you the words and the translation, because Baruch Hashem, we have Sadurim and Artskol that could do that for us, but more to understand where it's coming from, to understand a bit more of the depth as well. I would suggest... If you really want to take this seriously and gain as much as you can from it, get yourself a siddha 
and write down not just a translation, but maybe some ideas on the side that you can look at before you start that filler. You can look at it and say, give it a little bit of a kick, a little bit of a push before you start that filler. What we need to do is we need to develop an understanding that filler is an opportunity to connect with our Creator, with the Melech Malchem Lachem, with the Rabbonish Lanam. It's not a chore. It's not something that we should feel that we just have to do. The Ramchal in Derech Hashem brings a very interesting idea to this. The Ramchal says that we can understand the level of Tefillah in a simple way like this. He says that the whole Yisoyed that the Rabbonish created us in this world is in order to receive Bracha, right? And the way to receive Bracha is through Tefillah, right? There's a famous idea in the Chavis Salabobos, what is Tefillah for? Do you think the Rabban Shem needs to hear that he's great? Do you think the Rabban Shem needs to hear what you need? HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows exactly what you need. He created you with every detail, with every bit of your environment and your upbringing and everywhere you're holding until this moment of time. He created you. He knows everything about you better than you know yourself. So he doesn't need to hear from you about what you need. He knows what you need. But Tefillah is for yourself. It <laughs> elevates you. And therefore, when you daven, you become roy, you become fitting to receive the bracha. In other words, the bracha is ready to come down to you, but in order for it to actually come down, you have to be able to daven, to trust, and be able to know what you're saying, so that you can put your full trust in the tefillah and the rabbi and therefore receive that bracha. Says the Ramchal, that's what it's all about. And he says that the level that we understand and put into tefillah, is the level that we will get bracha in our lives. And that's a very, very important thing, because we all want bracha. We all need bracha. In our whole lives, from the minute we just, we're born in the world, until the day that, in the moment we leave the world, we need bracha. We need bracha to be able to live. We need bracha to get married, to have children, to have parnasa, to have health. We need bracha in all of our lives. And all the bracha comes our way through tefillah. Tefillah is something amazing. The Halakha Tefillah Shlomer brings down that there is no tefillah ever that is wasted. Even though sometimes we daven and we feel we're just not being answered. And I hear this from guys. I've daven so much. The Rabbanishim is not answering me. There's no such thing. Right? There's no such thing as a tefillah that's uttered for naught. It's always producing something, whether it's in this world or it's in the next world. Whether we'll see the results or our children will see the results. Whether we know about it, whether we don't know about it. It's always, always effective. And Tefillah is something that we have to realize is the most incredible koyach. And the Tefillah Shlomo brings this from the Posuk by Parshas Nosoi, when all the Nesim brought their korbanos. Right? We're familiar with Parshas Nosoi in the beginning over there, that they bring the same korban, one after the other. Each Nosoi brings the same korban. Why did the, what's the repetition for? The repetition is because we know, the Gemara tells us that nowadays we don't have korbanos, unfortunately. But now Tefillah is the Mokim Korban, okay? Which means that the Nesim brought their korbanos and they said the same words, but yet it was dear to the Rabbi Nishlelem. And it was special to Hashem. So yes, we all say the same words in davening. From Moida'ani all the way to Aleinu L'Shabeach. We say the same words. But the Koyach that we put into it is where it goes. Right? Rav Shinshan Pinker says that Tefillah is compared to a bow and an arrow. Right? Unklus brings that down. Why is it compared to a bow and an arrow? Because a bow and an arrow, at the end of the day, the more Koyach you put into drawing the bow, and the more precision in aiming is the further and the more precise the arrow will go. Correct? Tefillah is exactly the same way. It all depends on how much koyach you put in. The Anshe Knesset HaGedoyla put into the words of Tefillah amazing dynamite. You just have to light the dynamite and it explodes automatically. The words are special. The words have tremendous koyach. 
It's about how much trust we put into Tfilah. The Gemara Rosh Hashanah Yudchez tells us clearly that all the Tfilahs are answered depending on how much trust we put into our Tfilahs. We cannot trust our Tfilahs if we don't understand what we're saying. If we don't understand where we're coming from, it's impossible to fully understand. The Gemara Baruch HaZlam Ad tells us clearly, and he talks about there are Arab Advarim Shitzrichim Chizik that require constant chizik. One of them is tefillah. Gemara Mufush. That's one of the things that constantly require chizik is the sugya of tefillah. Says the Vilna going, why is it then that davening is so hard? If it's our connection with Hashem, if it gets us all the bracha, if it's, if we need things, and we all need things, so why is it that davening is so hard? Shouldn't it be easy? Shouldn't davening be gishmak and simple? We should be running down the stairs to come down to Shachos because the Maisa, we want to talk to our Creator and the Rabbi Nishlam and Shman and Kabbalah Salmach Shemai Why is it so difficult? So the Nagon explains, very simple. The greater something is, the greater the Yetzirah is going to get you to go against it. The greater the Nisoyan is not to do it in the proper way. And that's why the Nisoyan and the difficulty in Tefillah is what it is. Because it's so great. The Koyach is so great and therefore Zela Uma Zer, there has to be an opposite force. And the opposite force is the Yetzirah coming along saying that at the end of the day, you cannot daven. And you've got no Kavana. And anyway, you don't understand what you're saying. And it makes no difference. And is anyone listening anyway? Vuchole, vuchole. And therefore, our job is over here, in the next, Be'ez HaShem, I don't know how long, but in the minutes that we have during this 10-minute share, every single day, Be'ez HaShem, is to gain an understanding into the basic tefillah that we daven every day. But, we often don't fully understand maybe the words, or even if we understand the words, because we have an art scroll, but we don't understand the full kayak of what those words represent. And that's what we're going to be doing over here. If Desla writes, the Mikhtar Meliyahu, that when we strive towards a goal, the Rabbani Shem helps us. That's what the Gemara tells us. Right? The Gemara tells us, all we have to do is make a small opening. And the Rabbani Shalom says, you're trying, you want to daven better, you want to have more kavana, you want to understand, you want to have more connection, I'm going to help you. So what we're doing by showing up right now over here every single day, just for a good good eight to ten minutes, is we're showing the Rabbani Shalom that we care, that we want to, that we want to have more kavana, that we want to understand tefillah better, that tefillah means something to us because we want to connect with our Creator. We want to connect with the Rabbani Shalom. And we'll end with the Heidegger Baal Shem Tov. The Baal Shem Tov brings down that a person's humility, a person's anova, often causes him to become distant from true service of Hashem. By the way, what the Baal Shem Tov was talking about way before it was discussed is called low self-esteem. That's what the Baal Shem Tov was talking about. That when we have low self-esteem, we don't realize the koyach of our own tefillahs. And therefore, if we don't realize the koyach of our own tefillahs, we don't realize that we can storm the heavens. We can do something that can change planet Earth. We can change everything. We have the koyach to do it, but we don't believe in it. Says the Baal Shem Tov. It's our anova, it's our humility. Nowadays, you'd call that low self-esteem. We don't have the self-esteem to realize that we, every single one of us, every individual, has an opportunity to change everything through tefillah. But we have to believe in our tefillahs. Once we believe in our tefillahs and we understand what we're saying, we can use the koyach, which is the greatest koyach that a human being had. We know, Parshas Gracious, Ungris tells us, what is the definition between a human being and an animal? What is the difference between them? The difference between them is the koyach of speech. Because a yid can daven. And by the way, as is pointed out by the tzaddikim, Odom Arishan could speak. Who is he talking to? There was no one else there. He was talking to the Rabbi Nishlalam. Because the koyach, the greatest koyach of speech is the speech to Hashem, is the speech to Tfilah. 
That's what Odom Mishnah was created, and that was the greatest koyach, and that's what differentiates us and an animal, and we should be zoicha to try and understand and put in the effort that we can and realize the potential and koyach of tefillah that we have, that we can do, and Be'ezah Hashem, the Rabbani will give us the attitude of the Shema and all our tefillah.